podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a special Anfield Index Pro podcast. Um, today's been a bit of a weird day. It is transfer deadline day, so we thought we'd come on and do a live show in Discord and have our subscribers on, maybe talk about the window so far, talk about the day so far, talk about what the hell is going on at Liverpool at the moment because it does seem a little bit haphazard. Not the Liverpool we currently know, well, or have loved, but... To join me on this show, you might have heard him on the uh, Under Pressure podcast at the start of the season. It's Richard Cole, um, and very famous in Discord as Old King Cole, also a writer on Anfield Index as well. Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. No, I've actually invited you, and I was actually WhatsApping you as well. I was like, there's one person I want to talk to a certain player about, because everybody knows... Arthur's happening. Arthur Melo. Is that how you'd say his name? Milo? Melo? How would you say his name? I don't even know how to say his name. I, yeah, I I'm, I'm not sure either, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to know much about this guy, apart from I might have seen him when he was playing at uh, Barca a little bit, and he looked really good. Mm. He looked he, really good there. He's just one of those people that I've seen passing the ball around in all the Messi compilations I've watched on YouTube. Yeah, and that was something interesting, because Messi... There's a there's a, a video going round about Messi saying people saying who was the best player that played with you or like around whatever the question was but he he literally picks out Arthur and says this guy's special. Oh. So that's from Messi. But then there's the opposite side where people are saying he literally doesn't play even if he's got a niggle. But then that sounds like Nabby to me. You know, very similar. Yeah, that makes maybe. sense. Maybe. You know, there's there's loads of there's loads of pluses in there but there's loads of negatives in there he's a bit injury prone that's where I kind of get confused as to what are we doing because yeah. we're literally getting a player that we've already kind of got but uh, what's your opinion I, I just feel like he's just a body in it a warm body to come in just in Basically, case need yeah like I'm looking at his uh, minutes in the league this is only domestic leagues and he's got uh 1690s, 1390s, 1390s, and then 1190s um, for his last four seasons at Barcelona and Juventus. So, you know, that's not, like, great or anything, but, like, considering he's a loan that we've brought in because we've got an injury crisis going on, that, to me, seems like it's, you know, probably enough to cover the minutes we need to cover. Yeah. That's exactly the point. A lot of people are like, he's only done 2,000 minutes a year. Uh, I think that's about what we want from him. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're not expecting a 3,000-minute season from him. We're expecting him to cover and be in there when we need and, and rotate heavily. Like, he can play Champions League games, right? That's the beauty. He's got mm. lots of experience. If he's fit, he'll be able to play, and he'll play at, at a decent level because, obviously, the games are different, aren't they? Premier League is yeah. fast and furious. Champions League's more tactical, more, you you know, it's Liverpool are like crazy in the Champions League. Everybody's like, bloody hell, we don't want to play them. They're intense. So it's different. He's going to get more time on the ball, things like that. So it could be smart if they play it smart. But that's the thing. I I think that what this is, is that um, if you think back to summer of 2020, when we were letting Lovren go and everybody knew that we needed to get a centre-back and the club, although we didn't, quite have a name at the time I think he might have been one of those rumored names but we didn't know for sure was Konate and um we couldn't get him Leipzig weren't willing to sell that year and then as a result we decided okay we're going to wait we don't want to bring in someone inferior to Konate as our long-term signing we're going to see if we can just manage through the year without signing anybody and then we'll get to the thing of course then disaster struck and we got a massive centre-back injury crisis, and we ended up in January having to sign the lesser-spotted Ben Davies and also get Kabak on loan from Schalke. And I think that this is basically kind of learning from that and preempting it by doing the Kabak signing six months earlier. And that way, if we do get into a proper 2021-style injury crisis in the midfield, we've already got Kabak at the club, if you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And, you know, he'll have had a little bit of time to um, make any of the, the training he needs to do, uh, to, to have a look at him. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this is basically a what if everybody gets injured and we don't have enough first-team midfielders signing um, until we sign someone that we're actually looking to get in the long term next summer. Yeah. Makes sense. Absolutely. And that's why when people say I'm a bit worried about the minutes they're going to play, you shouldn't be because it's not like we're signing them for, um, you know, on a five year deal. It's literally eight months from now you know, Mm -hmm. that they're here for. And if they get to play 15, 20 games, wonderful. Worst case, FA Cup player, you know, worst case. Yeah, exactly. Worst case, worst. Absolutely worst. So um, but but again, there's a little bit of excitement in there as well that if anyone could turn him around, it's the manager that we've got. Of course. And, you know, that's the part where, you know, they, they would have thought about it. They, and apparently there were three other clubs going for him and he chose to come to Liverpool. So that's also very positive. that he, He's got a lot of friends here as well, the Brazilian yeah. national. And of course, he will know what the situation is coming in. Like, he's not going to be coming here on a loan with well we don't actually know if it's an option to buy yet but but there isn't there isn't there definitely isn't then okay um so there's no option to buy and it's just for a year i'm sure that he is himself aware of the fact that he's coming in to be cover and if he's agreed to do the move anyway especially if it's over other clubs then presumably that's because he's okay with that um and so he'll be able to be professional about it um and yeah, I, I think that it just sounds like it all, it all fits, you know. What I what I love is um, that he's played with Fab before, and it might not have been a lot of games, mm. but basically he he knows Fab well. He's played with him before. It's not going to be like. 
they're alien to each other, if that makes sense. So that must yeah. have had some thinking behind the move as well. They've played in the national team together. So they would have played with Bobby together as well. So again, that that does help a little bit. That does make me a little bit more conf- confident. And he's played in there too. So if, if it is, if there are some games where we want to go with Elliot a bit further up and Mo a bit more central with Nunez and Diaz on the left or Jota on the left, and it makes just a two in the middle, these two will work. Yeah, yeah they've, done it, they've done it together before. That's that's probably better for me. Actually, exciting, more exciting because I'm I'm fed up of being predictable, Richard. Mm. I'm literally fed up of Liverpool being predictable. And if there was something that should have come out of this window was being unpredictable, and I suppose Carvalho adds a little bit, Nunez definitely adds that. <laughs> and if we get exactly, and if we get a bit more from this guy then great. And I know it's a bit disappointing that it's a loan signing, it's last minute, it looks haphazard and rushed. Of course it does. There's no, you know, there's no denying, absolutely no denying that it looks like a mess. An absolutely mess, but um, an absolute mess of a window. But yeah. it could turn out to be quite smart. And I think that, um, you know, in all likelihood, probably what was happening is that we had someone that we wanted to sign for this summer in midfield, who was going to be a big signing, didn't work out. Um, we had alternatives. You know, Klopp's talked in interviews a lot about, you know, getting the right player. Um, and usually we would wait for the right player, and we still are. Um, but in this situation, what's happened is that Klopp has gone, right, we've got enough midfielders in the squad. We're going to be okay. We're going to make do. Um, until the right player is available next summer. And then everybody's gotten injured at the same time, and he's gone, maybe I was a bit wrong on that. Um, And I think that's why it seems like such a messy scramble, and it it is such a messy scramble at the the last minute now, is because I think they've only realised that they needed this injury cover um, now, essentially. Whereas earlier in the summer, the much more... Uh, sensible business that we did right at the start of the summer it seems so long ago now um where you know we we got Nunez in nice and sorted we got uh Ramsey and Carvalho in it was all looking like we were way ahead of the game the most sensible and well-run recruitment team on the market it did um, look well oiled at that time you're right actually going back at that point it looked very well oiled and I you think know. that the one final thing that that well-oiled operation was trying to do was to get that big midfielder, which then didn't happen for various reasons that we know. Well, about. it's been reported now, and Klopp said it. Well, pretty much came out and said it yesterday or the day before, which whenever it was, mm-hmm. that too many didn't join. I mean, everybody knows it was too many. It's been reported in the press now by yeah. uh, reporters that it wasn't too many. So the point is, you know, we couldn't get him in. He yeah. chose Real Madrid. It happens. But from my point, but my from my point of view, Richard, the old regime when it worked with Edwards, and it's definitely a different regime. So it's a definite, different, mm-hmm. definitely a different era. There's no point in us, you know, saying it's same Liverpool. It's not. Everything changes when the man in charge of it goes, you know, or, or was leading. Friendship it, ended know. with analytics. Now Portugal is my best friend. Yeah. So now Portugal's our best friend. But you know, he. There would have been a list of players. There would have been a second, a third, a fourth. There would have been a 1A, 1B, 1C. If you want to say it that way, that they're all first choice, but different mm-hmm. categories, you know, or cover different things. Yeah, That doesn't seem to be the case here. And instead, we've had the manager come out and say, I don't need one, I don't need one, I don't need one. But at the end to say, I do need one. 
Mm. You know? I, I think that's where it comes down is that when he said he didn't need one, what he meant was that um, the you know the well-oiled operation part of the window finished its business when two and many fell through. And they were like, right, well, that's not working. The other people we want as alternatives to him are not available until maybe later. So we're just going to end our operation there. And so they all sort of finished off, you know, still doing some business, you know, flying around and stuff because they wanted to make sure you know, the, the director of football never just goes on holiday. They're always going to be setting stuff up for the long term. But in terms of okay, business we're going to get done, um, it's sort of pretty much for the most part decided to be done. And then when we have this situation arrive and get all messy, it's because they had decided they were done. All of the injuries started to happen. They changed their mind. And that changing of the mind has left us with a small window of opportunity. And now it looks all messy. So I, I think the standard operating procedure for Liverpool is still pretty well run. But um, we've basically, it's kind of like the January of 2021, when in that January window, we were scrabbling around and we, we you know, got cab back at the very last second. And there was all kinds of different people we were getting linked to as we searched to see if we could get some emergency thing. It seems like it's basically that similar kind of situation. It is. It's, um, it's crazy. And whichever way you look at it, you know, I agree you know, that everyone's got a point of view. There's going to be a lot of people saying it's a mess, and at the at the end of the day, I uh, I'm you know what I was in awe of the way we worked before. For example, the brand stuff and and Mo Salah, you went for one player, but then there was somebody to convince the manager and say, look, you need to go for this guy because he's going to be fucking amazing. And when that guy comes out to become probably is going to go down as one of the best players in history at Liverpool, you know, mm-hmm. it, it will be it will be listed as one of the greatest to play and what that I witnessed live, you know, then that, that type of shit gets to you because that needs to continue. You don't, you, you know, sometimes you don't know what's the best for you. You need the advice. You need to take that advice in. And if that's the case, that's not the case and that's not happening, which is what we're hearing and what's been said and the way it's acting as well. It's just not normal. It's not normal. And then, Literally everybody, and I'm talking for Discord because I don't really listen to people on Twitter because I don't, I don't really care about them. But mm. everybody in our Discord is 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 you know, Anfield Index basically. It's the community. It's the people, and everybody in Discord. Let's say ninety five percent in Discord said we need a midfielder this year. Mm. You know, no matter what side of fence they're on, FSG in, FSG out, whatever. Literally the one thing everybody agreed on. We need, well, 95%, sorry. We absolutely need a midfielder because we've got an injury-prone midfield. Yeah. And we're how many weeks into the, into the, into the first, uh, sorry, into the season? Four? Four? Yeah, four, I think. How many midfielders have we lost to injury? I know Kate <laughs> injury, uh, you know, air quotes, but let's just go with it. Thiago, Jones... You know, Hendo now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had that sort of maybe it was a false positive. We're not sure with um, Fabinho uh, potentially getting um, benched at one point um, and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. See, so, see, again, that just showed the manager just being really not himself. Yeah. Not himself at all. And I, 
it just points to something weird going on. There's no evidence for it. There's mm. nothing. It's literally just all talk. But actions sometimes speak louder than words, right? And everything that's going on just doesn't add up to be a, a normal, well-run or smoothly, uh, you know, just a, just a Liverpool as we know it for the last five years. Very mm. tight-knit, very well-run, very tight squad. It just doesn't seem that way. Especially the Man United game. Everything fell apart that in, in that game. Not only the loss, the performance, the players on the pitch, the way they were behaving. Just yeah. never happened before. Never. And, you know, I, I've heard that there's some issues with what they've done in pre-season. And, and that's why there's, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and that's why they were picking up injuries. Again, though, that's down to the first team coaching staff, isn't it? They're, yeah, and you've made mistakes. Organizing that training regime. So, so Richard, listen to this then. You're adamant you don't need a player, but uh, at the same time, you completely fuck up preseason. Uh, yeah. How's that going to look right now where we are? Hindsight's 2020, I say it to everyone, but still, looking back, that is a fucking crazy decision. It and it, and like... it runs, I want, because this is the bit while you're here. Yeah. This runs to the news, or at least the rumours right now, mm. that Liverpool want two players today, or wanted. And that second player's name is Brighton Saicedo. Oh, yeah. So now, why the fuck didn't we do this a month ago? And spend a month fucking, you know, negotiating and leave it to the last day. And apparently, it's, gonna t- it's, gonna, it's not going to happen tonight, or may not happen tonight, because... It's too late. Now, let me just give you a bit more background. This kid has removed Brighton from his Instagram. He started following all Liverpool players. He started liking anything to do with Arthur on Instagram. Like, this is legit today, tonight. Yeah. He's it's just about getting it done. Okay. But the point is, he's probably doing his best to tell Brighton, I don't want to fucking stay. <laughs> yeah. So, what I want you to tell us about is why you think... This kid is so good. Why you think Liverpool are going so crazy right now um, to buy this guy at this late stage? You know. Okay, so uh, Moises Caicedo, um, he is a central midfielder, uh, plays kind of on the left-ish um, of the midfield, and he's Ecuadorian, and uh, he's, I think, 20 now, and he has been at Brighton for a very short amount of time. Brighton have this model where what they do is they look for players they can develop. They get young players, usually from very obscure leagues, and then they will buy them. And Tony Bloom, the owner, also owns a club in Belgium. I can't remember what it's called. But um, they get them in, and then they loan them off immediately to this feeder club, essentially, in Belgium. And they go play in Belgium where there's less pressure on them. And it's essentially giving them experience playing in a similar sort of system, helping them to develop a little bit, get a little bit more information about them, until eventually when they feel they're ready, they bring them into the first team at Brighton. Um, And Graham Potter gets his hands on them and starts coaching them there. So Caicedo was signed last summer by Brighton, sent off on his loan, came back from that in January, having done very well in Belgium. So at this point, um, he spends a couple of months in training with Brighton uh, without playing and then eventually he gets brought in for his debut in the game against Arsenal on the 9th of April 2022 
and they win that game 2-1, Brighton do. I want to give you a little bit more context for this, because I follow what Brighton's doing quite a lot, because I like watching them, I like Graham Potter, and... Um, are you are you from the area by any chance? No, I'm actually not, I literally... Oh, just, okay, that's fine. I just thought you loved them because you're probably local or something as well, you know, like, but okay, just, fair enough, you just, just like Potter. Potter. Yeah, just a Potter fanboy, like the way they play. Um, regardless, um, they uh, had a pretty poor season last season, Brighton, because in the 2021 season, they were very good, um, even if the results didn't go their way. And then they tried switching to a back four last season a lot of the time. They were trying to integrate Shane Duffy into the side, doing a whole bunch of tinkering around. Wasn't that great. Their underlying data metrics were getting worse. Um and it all culminated in this horrible seven games, six six game losing streak in uh, February and March, uh, where they were just getting absolutely walloped by basically everybody. Um, then, uh, unfortunately, we played them in that period, so we beat them there. Um, and then you get to the last international break of that season, and at that time. Uh, Something must have changed. We obviously don't know exactly what, but the style of play, and you can, I won't go into it now because it's not what the pod's about, but there's a whole bunch of evidence as to why the style of play massively changed during this international break. And they come back from it, they have a draw against Norwich, and then the game after that, the second game in this new system, Caicedo gets his debut. And from that point, it's beat Arsenal 2-1, beat Tottenham 1-0, Get thumped 3-0 by City, but I mean, whatever is City. Uh, drew 2-2 with Southampton, but beating them on XG quite a lot. Beat Wolves 3-0, beat Manchester United 4-0, beat, uh, drew 1-1 with Leeds, and then beat West Ham 3-1. So that means they beat Arsenal, Tottenham, and Man United in that time, as well as West Ham and Wolves. Um, basically, that was immediately after a six-game losing streak. Brighton suddenly went from being terrible to amazing. And their underlying metrics were also brilliant in this period. And this started pretty much the moment Caicedo came into the team. And there were other reasons for it too, but a big part of it, I'm convinced, was that Caicedo started to play. And basically what he has done in that midfield for Brighton is Potter has used him as this brilliant, aggressive ball winner who is able to... Uh, counter-press brilliantly, he's good in the air, Um, he's able to be confident in possession, although, as I'll discuss, there is some improvements to be made there. He's still young and needs improvement, but um, the tools are there. And he has basically just been excelling um, and beating and dominating extremely good midfields, like Arsenal, Tottenham, etc. There really is um, so much to like about his style. He's got tons of energy. He's kind of got that um, N'Golo Kante-esque technique of tackling, where he like kind of sneaks around the blind side of a player and sort of stretches his leg around them without fouling them uh, and nicks the ball off. Or he just manages to uh, react quicker to a ball bouncing in a particular direction, and he goes and manages to to get there first. really covers a lot of ground, wins tons of balls, and then is able to be functional, not um, incredible yet, but uh, not really asked to be in possession. So 
if you're looking for a player who fits the Klopp mould of energy, pressing, absolutely dominating the middle of the pitch, providing that platform that everybody else can then use to make really good play, then Caicedo really is the shining example of exactly that. The Gini, the Gini replacement? I'd say better, to be honest. Um, I know that's... Wow. Ginny, though, attacking-wise, was good, though, wasn't he? He had a lot of attacking quality. We didn't kind of Gini. see it. Or... Yeah, yeah, Ginny did, sorry. Not, not so either. We haven't seen enough of him yet. But Ginny, Ginny was proven that he can play forward, he can go forward. If, he, if he's, you know, when he was at Newcastle or other teams, he's, you know, it's, we, we, we wanted to play him deep. But if you actually let him off the leash... He could pass a ball, yep. he could attack, he can score headers. You know, he's, he was a decent player, Ginny. Um, I, I think Ginny was of... really good, and I mm. still think that Caicedo is better than him. That's how good wow. I, I rate him. Yeah, wow. um, I, I think Caicedo has the potential to go on to be one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, Holy shit, dude. Like, basically, but, well, imagine, just, imagine just... Ginny, but with Fabinho's tackling ability. Holy fuck. Okay, well that's that's exciting as hell, you know. Yeah, and, and and I think it's too late for it to happen now. So not you know we've got a live audience here. There's no point in um mm. in leading them astray and getting their hopes up for now. But one thing we should be doing, and if they're not doing it, then I would I would seriously doubt what the fuck the club is doing if they are not agreeing this deal for either January or for the summer of 2023. Like literally now. Like before the window closes, or as the window closes, get that deal agreed immediately. If you can't do it for now, then get it done for, you know, the the next when when the window opens, right? In Jan, we're taking him. Yeah, we're taking him for fifty million. If you do, if it's eighty million now, but if it's it's fifty million in Jan, because you know you want to be able to buy somebody and you've got no time now, but you get a month to do it. Great. Otherwise, if not, if it's next summer, right. 45 million or, or whatever, you, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that any of those fees you just mentioned would all be worth it because this is a young player who's going to be around for a long time and it's going to be brilliant. Um, it, it's funny, I actually think that to a certain extent, I think Liverpool got a little flat-footed by just how quickly Caicedo settled in because um, when asked about it, Potter said that he might have actually just left it too late. He was like, probably could have put him in maybe a month earlier, but I you know, my bad. I didn't really realise that I could have done it that early. Um, he would have been ready. And I thought going into this season, I was trying to sort of hint at the fact, I was like, I reckon Brighton are going to be better than people think this year. And a big part of that is that they've got this kid who's even better than Basuma, and everybody loves Basuma. Um, So I thought we were going to get to maybe January and suddenly people would start picking up on the fact that Caicedo is so good. And then you'd start hearing the rumours. Um, but, and I think Liverpool maybe actually were thinking the same thing, but then he literally just turned up on first day of the season and actually thwomped United, and immediately everybody was going, "Whoa, this guy is amazing!" Um, and from there, the the media rumours all started to go flying all over the place. Um, so I, I think that maybe even Liverpool were actually taken a little bit by surprise by just how quickly Caicedo has asserted himself on the league. Makes sense, actually. It does. And so when we say, why not a month ago, they just weren't sure whether he was the real deal at that point or not. Yeah. And obviously, coming in, four four games is all it's taken. 
Yeah, basically, he's just come in and immediately just been the best player on the pitch every single time. Like, it's just fair enough. Yeah, I mean, when I watched him, I just thought he was, I just thought he was very, you know, kept it simple. Mm. Um, you know, I think I spoke to Patrick about him. Patrick was like, he just knows where to be. Yeah, absolutely. At, all the time. Like, literally just the positioning of him is just perfect. Yeah, so. And- he always makes the right decisions on defensive plays as well. Like um, he's got a lot of different marking responsibilities in Brighton's system because they do this weird thing with a uh, sort of really only one centre back and two full backs, and that means that midfielders have to be willing to drop back into the defensive line. Yeah. Um, but they also have to be able to step up and press, or because there's no wing backs, they need to be able to step out to the side. So basically, you have to cover a ton of ground if you're on Caicedo's position. And he always goes for the correct play. Um, so... And that's the one thing that the current midfield, the current midfield, as in the one that's playing now, doesn't know how to do, or at least some of them don't. And I don't know what's happened, but this last four games has been a complete mess, mate, in midfield. Positionally, there's a couple of games where people have been going walkies for no reason. Mm. You know, it just it's just been... A real shit show, and what we could do is with somebody who just needs, <laughs> likes to know where they are, or at least needs, you know, is confident of their positioning on the pitch when they're playing. So, I mean, it's such a shame that it doesn't look like it's going to happen in the next hour and twenty minutes. It's nine forty, yeah, um, UK time. BSD, we've got an hour and twenty to actually agree a deal and put a deal sheet in, and then that gets, exp- you know, uh, that gets. Um, you get an extension to actually do the rest of the paperwork. Mm. But, uh, you know, let's not get anybody's hope. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, so. and and also another thing would be that, you know, even if it does or if it ends up being a January or next summer thing or anything like that, one thing I would caveat so that people know to anticipate this is that he's still young. He's still got some flaws to his game. He's not perfect. And one of those would be, for instance, that... Uh, he really likes to try and play things one touch uh, in build-up. And so you might see that sometimes, let's say, Robertson will play a pass into him and he will try doing a one-touch pass straight into someone else and he might misdirect it and it'll turn the ball over. Um, that is something that he does occasionally at the moment. Uh, it's something that like, you can tell from the technique that he's using that he has the ability to play the really good pass when he does it. And he does do those as well. It's just that sometimes he rushes things a little bit. Um, and as a result, uh, it gives it away. So not really a, a huge problem, but just something that if you start watching him in a Liverpool shirt at any point now or later and suddenly go, oh, he's giving the ball away there. What's going on? Um, that is sort of an area where he's currently still working on his game and is a young player. So I have no doubt that given how good his technique is, that that will be ironed out and eventually he'll just be pinging it around for fun. Just before we go to um, some callers and JC's up first and then Ed Vade's coming in, um, there's also big rumours. And, you know, you've got people like Henry Winter on Twitter saying it. You've got people like Kara saying it. Looks like Liverpool agreed to deal with the midfielder next year. Won't want to name him. Hey, man, said it. <laughs> but there's loads of, loads of rumours and loads of things you hear uh, you know, I've heard them as well, that Bellingham's pretty much or at least a lock-in for next year, you, you know, someone that we're mm. looking at. 
if it's Bellingham and Saicedo, and if if say the window ends and something happens during the next few months, and they're both announced for next year or next season, would that give you a lot more confidence into where this club's going and where the future of this midfield is? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, like I think I have a little bit more confidence already than most. Um, yes, but I'm You're a very positive person. Yes, um, but I think that at the end of the day, we, we've currently kind of got this weird situation where. Our age profile is a bit weird. We've got a bunch of older players, a bunch of younger players, and then we do have three prime age players. But the problem is that two of the prime age players that we've signed have been racked by injury, and that's Oxley Chamberlain and Cater, um, which only leaves Fabinho as the only one of the three prime age midfielders who is semi consistent in the team. And as a result, uh, it kind of makes the midfield setup look kind of really bad. <laughs> um, luckily, though, we do have Elliot, Jones, and Carvalho all there. That's three midfielders who are going to be here for the long term and look good. Um, mm. And once I, I mean, in... Carvalho is looking an unbelievable by now. Like, Absolutely, yeah. You know, that's that's got to say we keep forgetting, but Nunes and Car- Carvalho just look so much fun. And. If you add in Bellingham and Caicedo, in theory, on top of that, next January or next summer, well, suddenly you've now got Bellingham, Caicedo, Elliot, Carvalho, Jones. That's five midfielders, all the age of 21 or under, um, or however old Jones is now. And um, they'll be here for, what, five years at least? Probably closer to 10? Mm Mm-hmm. Five top quality midfielders who you can guarantee will probably be here for the next almost decade. Um, that's pretty darn good. It's kind of this weird sort of short to medium term thing that looks a bit hazy at the moment. But once we get a couple signings in, either January or next summer, I think suddenly you'll look back and go, oh, wow, that midfield looks really good now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd just be a a pure turnaround you know from what it is right now which is aging injury prone and not dynamic at all so with that let's go to jc jc tyrone on discord wants to call in jc how you doing my friend what's what do you want to talk about can we hear you we can't i don't think your mic's working at the moment jc no you want to sort your mic out? You're off mute, but your voice is not coming through to me, at least. Okay, whilst you reset that, JC, we'll go to the next person. I think it's Advait. Advait, are you there? I will take you off server mute for it to work. At least, I think I might need to give you some access. Right, try that now. There you go. Let's Can you hear me? Yes, Advait, there you go. Welcome to awesome. Airplane, friend. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, been a good chat so far. Uh, I think the color. I largely kind of agree with most of the stuff that you guys have said. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of a bit more sort of in in the on the fence kind of camp because I was the only thing I was kind of thinking about was it seems as if this kind of we always leave ourselves short thing hasn't been since like War took over as the director of football, right? Like even if you go back to the nineteen, what no, the twenty twenty one season where we kind of got ravaged at centre-back. Um, and I believe that was still Edwards in charge. We still had the feeling as fans and, and 
looking through, looking back at that time that we were just one centre-back short, that we were kind of relying on Fabinho to be the sport choice and that we were kind of taking this big gamble. So looking at this window where before the shit, the shit show kind of started with the midfield injuries, it was the same feeling. We were still kind of leaving ourselves one player short. So I'm not quite sure if that's so much so a thing of, you know, the, the, the transfer of power from, say, one director of football to the next and, and how that power gets segregated between him and Klopp and, and everyone else. But I think it's just a thing of the, the business model that the ownership has, which I'm not saying is a bad thing or a good thing. I'm, I'm not, I don't think that the, it would be too you know, productive to comment on that. I just think it's something that's always going to be a thing that we just do accept, that we're not going to make these decisions that they feel are kind of short-term. And and to that point, I think after the thing that you mentioned, it's always the the longer term where I'm a bit more bullish than most. And I think even going through this, you know, Twitter and, and Discord and all the chats, I think I've still largely been, I would think, more positive than most because I, I just think that despite the risks that they take, where they almost seem to ride off a season. And as fans, we we question that being like, why you you know, if it's just one more player, we would be in, in the challenge of being like City and push them, you know, as far as we can. Um, but they just think, you know, it's, it's just not worth it. And we're going, we can go again next year. And not many people, again, in the fan media thought after the, the 2021 season that we'd almost get the quadruple the season after. And I'm not saying that that was the plan, but it just showed that, okay, when we do get the signings done, we do tend to get them right, even if the stop gaps are just a shit show and, and we think there's no need for it. So in the same mold, if, if we do get... Caicedo or Bellingham and or Bellingham done and you know say in January or the next summer and you look forward to say 20 to 23 24 season things would look bullish then or it would look positive and we see seem like we're set for the longer term especially if you think about the the depth that we've kind of added at left back right back and all across the front line so I don't know if that's you know just sitting on the fence but it's it's more just a feel as if the longer term is fine and I don't think too much has changed internally from the transfer structure standpoint i still am a bit puzzled by why everyone looks so undercooked fitness wise but from a transfer standpoint i think as much as i'm disappointed that we didn't act this window i can't say i'm too surprised nor can i say i'm too negative on the longer term view thank you for that i think there is a alternative view and maybe jc wants to come and give it if his mic's working but the the view, and I don't know, JC, if you agree with this, but the prime of the players that we've got, they're aging, okay? So when you buy some of these young players and you get them in, you want to get them in as early as possible so that they get to play with the world-class players we've got at their peak so they can achieve. Because the last thing you want, well, that's not the last thing. I mean, it does, it, even if you get them in, it's still great, it's good, but you want that passing of the button to happen whilst they're at the top. I'm not sure if we can hear JC yet, but JC, do you want to come in? Looks like your mic's still not working, mate, which is crazy. No, it's not. But that that can be an alternative view. Do you have any views on that? Do you agree with that? You know that... Look, everybody's... Look, Van Dyke, another year older. Um, Mo Salah's in his 30s now. You know, Fab's another year older. All these guys are going to be post-peak at some point. What you want is as much time as possible. 
with these youngsters that are coming in with them at the peak? I I agree with you from a fa- like from a personal perspective. I think I would I would agree with that. I would I'd really love for the you know if it is or it was planned to be or they they want Caicedo in now and if it, they maybe had done that say four weeks ago you might not have dropped those points against Fulham or Palace and you know Palace I guess you can't comment because Nunez just I don't know what he did but I I think that the club trusts the fact that that part of the pattern kind of happens gradually and so if you think about it or the way I think about it is you've kind of done Mane to Diaz you've got Jota who's only going to get better with a, with with time because he's still not entered or is a, kind of just about entering that, that peak phase same with Diaz you've got Nunez who in a couple of years so say next season would be again even better and not on the decline no, no uh, problems no problems with the strike force it's midfield so with, it's with, midfield, yeah, with the midfield that is the a, problem that's the bit where it's been neglected. But hypothetically, if if like if we just take this hypothetical, right, and we get say Caicedo and Bellingham in Jan and the summer, or you know, some two two guys, and even if we take the names, right, like two two quality guys that we think are that I guess consensus view on them is is quality, and that's kind of why I'm saying Caicedo and Bellingham. Then you've kind of got yes, Fabinho and Thiago who are a year older, but you've got these two top quality players coming in, flanked by guys they can share more minutes with, Elliot and Carvalho, who I don't think would play together, but maybe, you know, that that they can kind of split minutes. Again, they're going to be one year, one year more senior, one year with more experience. And you can kind of even tell with Harvey right now, right? Just looking at him being in this season, he just looks a level above even when he was bossing it at Leeds before the injury last season. So it's kind of just it's that one holding midfielder position where you're thinking, ah, Fabinho's aged a year more, Thiago's aged a year more, but then you've got two guys who come in and then you, you've had that sort of six six guys plus Jones, and I, I don't want to count Henderson and Miller, but the six guys of Fabinho, Thiago, plus two, Javi, Carvalho. And even with Van Dijk getting older, sure, but then at the same time, you have Konate who's getting a year older, who's going to put who looked amazing last season and is probably only going to get better. He's still so young for centre-back. Um, I have hopes for Gomez, but I don't want to kind of go there because of the injury injury issues that he's had. And even with fullback, for instance, you've got Jimmy Castro's coming, who looks a very able deputy for Robertson and someone who can maybe continue to get better. So while I, I do agree that you've kind of missed the boat if you take this year and you, you've wasted a year, essentially, of these guys' to speak, I still think that you're going to enter a stage next season where it's not like you're falling from I just need to share something really funny before we get to JC. Cam, Cam Branch, uh, Amphrod in his camera, just shared something really funny uh, from Empire of the Cop. Sazido's, Sazido, however you fucking say his name, man, has followed everyone but not Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> The future is now, old man. Yeah, can you hear me? Me, I'm sorry, he said tickle me so much. He's part of the Nabby train. He's part of Nabby, man. (laughs) Right, JC, sorry, we had to get the laughing. JC, can we finally hear you? I'm on mute. Can you hear me? You're not on mute. We can hear you. That's good. (laughs) Good stuff. stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so. 
Gags, you've you've been putting up with my BS now this last three months. You know what I want. We we, we we have been putting up with your fucking bullshit all summer, my friend. I wanted to say that to you. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, we started off quite at loggerheads. And slowly we started to understand each other and the way we spoke. And slowly you mellowed from a very harsh tone to a more this is my opinion mode. Which made more sense, and now you're expressing your views in a better way, I feel, than you had right at the start, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I was pissed off because we lost the European Cup, that's why. Oh, right, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, you, no, listen, whenever Hando, or whenever Milner signed his extension, you know, I went off, I just, you know, he's not fit to be playing football in the top four team, you know, that's just the bottom line. And listen, the the main thing I want to get at here is, you know, we've all discussed on Discord about the midfield and our options, and it was going to be NFT, you know, and Naby was going to be a big part of that. But the news came out now that Naby was put in a request to leave in June, you know. So I don't, that's the only player basically we have in, the, in our mid twenties, and he's he put in a request to leave, and we still didn't get someone in the middle. And here we are with one hour left in the transfer window, still talking about a genie replacement. It's it's just bad, bad, bad business going on. And I got like I was just thinking there while we were chatting. You know, did Edwards leave because FSG's not going with him, or Klopp's not going with him, or did he just get tired and want to change? I don't know. But I, I like I'm not I'm not completely. There's probably there's probably, probably truth to some some something in there, whichever way the. You know, you, you, the cookie crumbles for you, you know, in terms of which way you want to go. And, and there's a lot of people which will go either way. But there's got to be some truth to that. There's got to be, why would you leave something you've built so well? Yeah. I mean, you want to become a dynasty, right? You want to become the team. Yeah, maybe Edward's maybe Edward seen all this coming and just got out of the way before, you know. But here, it's not all bad, you know. This Bellingham talk, what we're hearing about Bellingham coming up now, is really positive. It's and hey, the, the Harvey is playing like a world superstar at the minute. Nobody can take that away from the kid. And uh, Carvalho, you know, I don't know. Maybe everybody seems to be in a better mood today. But I wonder if that goal didn't go in in the ninetieth minute last night would be would we all be as chirpy and. You know, I don't know. I guess we just got lucky. We got a Scott Parker team and a and a ninety eighth minute winner, or or things would have been really bad today. But I, you know what? I think if we get Bellingham, it's going to be okay. You know, and this, I, I don't know much about this mellow kid. I don't think anybody knows about this this kid. <laughs> but but you know what? We'll take him because a lot of the people are saying he's 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 like um, Thiago. You know, so if you've got two of them and you can rotate them, then why not? You know, but is, is Nabi going to get any minutes this season, or uh, what are we thinking? I think, I think at the end of the day, the club stance is he's injured. A lot of conspiracy theorists like myself do not believe he's injured. So no, I, I don't believe that either. So, so at the end of the day, if he doesn't leave in the next hour, JC, there's absolutely no way uh, a club like Liverpool stingy as hell would want to waste 150k a week the bench yeah but is, Cl- is Klopp going to spend the last six months of the season trying to do a midfield with two people that won't be there in June 
No, you. Well, Ginny played the entire year, dude. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know. But Ginny's a special player, that's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's that's it's it's an odd situation. But Richard, this conversation. Uh, what's your take on it all? Where do you stand? And by the way, Arthur's been uh, officially announced. It's it's just two, it was three minutes to ten when it was announced. So nine fifty-seven. Arthur's been assa- announced as a Liverpool player. Everybody can sigh, you know, have a you know, relief, some relief there. There's a player coming in midfield. Of course, the, um, <laughs> the best news about signing Arthur in is that uh, it just means that we're going to get lots of really good Arthur memes, um, yeah. which is of course the most important part of this. Yeah, Darwin and Arthur, absolutely. <laughs> the uh, more serious answer, though, um, is that, you know, I think that a lot of the things that are being pointed out are, you know, they're valid concerns. Um, I think in particular, the the way that the Nabby situation has been handled does seem to be all a little bit sort of very weird. Um, without knowing all the details behind it, it's hard to say exactly sort of what to think of it, but certainly... The fact that he, you know, he really is considering that Ox pretty much spends like two thirds of every season with a broken bone of some sort. Um, you have really him as the only proper prime age midfielder for the eight roles. Obviously, Fab is six. Um, so for your only proper prime team eight, prime age eight to seemingly just sort of kind of drift out of the squad and over the summer to the point where now it's kind of like he maybe is or isn't around. Um, very, very odd. You'd think that you'd, you'd find that the club would be more assertive um, in that respect. But yeah, it's hard to say exactly how things have played out behind closed doors. Yeah, it's shocking. Shocking, really, that we would this type of stuff's happening. We got a a lot of people will say <clears throat> Nabby is... just removed his bail from Instagram. Wow, really? Yeah, wow. Nigel just posted it in the chat. He must be going on loan. I think they go on loan next hour. Really. Oh, they can do a loan deal after the window, no? Well, they're probably just waiting to announce it once whilst this one's announced, aren't they? Something like that. It can be done, but um. Yeah. That I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very happy if that was. The- I'll be happy for Nabi, but I wouldn't be very happy that we literally haven't strengthened. Then that makes sense. We're just we're- yeah, it'll be decent. We'll be where we were. So right, guys. Mm. Right. Okay. Thank you, JC. Uh, is there anybody else that wants to have their say, or is that everyone? Um... Guy, do you want to come on? Steve? I think there was Dell as well. Anybody else want to... Does anybody want to jump on? Okay, Guy is micless. Uh, Steve, are you micless as well? No, just on me. Okay, go on then. Steve, you want to say anything? Yeah, um... I'm quite excited about the Arthur signing. Uh... I know it's a loan, there's no obligation to buy or option to buy or any of that, and um, he hasn't been great at Juve, but he, I think he just, when he was at Gremio, I was a, I was a fan, and we were linked to him before we went to Barcelona, so I really hope we'd sign him then. 
And he was doing okay at Barcelona. And obviously he moved in that really sketchy deal. And you've been a shit show the last few years, right? Going from Sarri to Perlo to Allegri. And Allegri's a bit like Conte. If he doesn't like you, you just don't play right. So I think we're getting, what, a 26-year-old who's in his prime who is trying to get into the World Cup squad for his country, surrounded by hopefully a bunch of his mates. So maybe we could, hopefully though that'll help him settle in, hopefully we could get a player really wanting to prove their point and prove their worth. And he could be a bit of a, you know, one of those unexpected successes. That's what we're all hoping for, isn't it? So I was really ex- I'm really excited by him coming in. That's that's absolutely what everybody's hoping for, uh, an unexpected su- success. And also, Juventus are absolutely desperate for, because, well, I don't think they paid £72 million for him. And uh, Pjanic, I think it was pa- Pjanic, was it, that, that went the other way? But I, yeah. don't, I don't know what, it's being, it's being investigated as one of the dodgiest deals in history. And uh, we don't really know what his value was. Some people are saying he's just valued at £10 million. That's bollocks. So, but, but maybe that's why we've done a loan without an option to buy because we don't know what he'll be worth, whether he will be able to tear his contract up or whatever's going to happen coming out of this because of this, this deal's been investigated. And if he does succeed and you they get a massive fine, we might get a deal on him trying to bail them out, right? So it could be it could be a savvy mood if he, if he does well. And if he's a kid who peaked too young, then we've only loaned him. So in terms of risk strategy, it's quite a smart move and I know it's really late in the day but sometimes that's when some of these really good deals come out because players availability isn't always obvious it isn't it isn't but like you said I think that value is what they want to get they want to be able to sell him for something because right now he's worthless to them because the manager doesn't want to work with him and that's that's crazy so yeah it does make it does make and and there might be a similar situation going on there with uh, to what's happening with Naby in terms of he didn't he didn't um, he's he's actually not injured but he's been caught he's been told the fans have been told he's injured but he's actually okay and we've we've had tweets from Don King and other people saying you know this guy's fine he's he's not um, he's he's not injured he can he can go into yeah. this. Away. And I, I think you've you probably hit the nail on the head earlier that maybe Naby is ready to be announced as a player for another club at midnight tonight if we get that second player in. Maybe there's an agreement with someone like Leipzig, right, where it's you can have him if we get a person, another player in and everything's ready to go and they just put the forms in at the last minute. Um that that could be realistic, especially if he wanted to move. Um I think you've all talked a lot about how this summer's been and obviously it started off really exciting with Nunes and I obviously screamed and shouted like an excited little boy when that was announced a few weeks ago so hopefully we can end on a high hopefully Arthur can come in and be a really important player in the midfield and I think he's an interesting option because he's not dissimilar to Thiago in terms of the positions he plays I think he could definitely cover as a more creative six for those you know, there's annoying deep, you know, teams playing deep against us. They're not causing us too much trouble. You know, having him there rather than Fabinho, and if we want to waste, you know, we don't want to waste what he's good at and waste his minutes. You know, he could be a good option there. He could be a good option to play on the left side. You know, 
midfielder because Hendo and Milner are useless there. Thiago, we don't get minutes out of. Naby could be out the door, you know. So I think I think he's a smart acquisition. I think he's a player who should be in his prime. So, as I said, you've talked enough about the negatives today. I just wanted to mention how I think we should all be excited for him. We should all try and be, you know, hope for the best with this kind of signing, you know. You know, we can't expect the worst because of how it's come through, but I think we should all at least hope for the best out of this one. Hey, we are all hoping for the absolute best. There's no point in us, you know, being over negative about something like this. No chance he's, you know, he has got pedigree. There are, you know, people that watched him at Barca who say, bloody hell, he was special there. And one of the things we're buying him for, he doesn't lose the ball. No. He's very, very smart with the ball. And that's something that our midfield, and not trying to pick on anyone or anything, just in the last few weeks has not been able to hold it. Very stupid, very hot potato. Just, you know, somebody just hold the ball. And, um, you know, I think myself and Richard discussed it right at the start in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, playing with Fabinho before, not being so alien to certain players. He'll come in and he'll get settled very fast. Because yeah, uh, people are here, you know. I think I think the thing that excites me is, too many of our midfielders are their decision making either isn't good enough or is too slow. You know, Thiago knows what he's doing before the ball's even got to him. Mm. He's such a beautiful footballer to watch, and you can see that Elliot has really Steve, got. When did we have pace in midfield? Who was the last player we had pace? Ginny was probably pacey when needed to be, but literally, I mean, they've not been super fast. We've won the league without super fast players. Ox didn't play football for us. I'm sorry. That was no. in seventeen eighteen. Stop giving me ox in Discord. When did you know, I actually play meaningful actual yeah, for three months when we didn't win the league? We won nothing. When we won stuff, Ox wasn't in the team. We had no pace in midfield. And I don't we think we need pace in need pace. I don't think we need pace in, in terms of physical control, physical pace. Control it's, is what it's we need. Speed of thought and speed of decision making. Um Harvey Elliott was so good this week because he gets the ball and he's whether he's making a pass, a quick touch, or driving forward with the ball, you know he's made the decision before he's received the ball. He's not as good as Thiago, but he looks like and profiles like he could be that level of intelligent, smart footballer. Um, you know, Fabio looks like he's going to be a really good, quick, smart footballer. Junior was the same. He didn't have to think. He just played the game. Hendo ponders. Milner's is tired and ponders. Ox has always been like he's had a way of playing, drive forward, do his thing, but he's not thinking about the the match around him. But Steve, um, but Steve I think that's what I th- that's what I think Arthur's going to bring us there. Another player yeah. who can make quick decisions, pass it, move it, keep it. Just that decision making is so key, and but, that's but what we're really missing. More, but there's more than that. And I want to be Richard here because he didn't spoke for a bit. Richard, isn't it more about discipline as well, though? Because when we were successful, that midfield unit stuck together. There wasn't a big gap. When the games were bad, you could tell we were pulled all over the place. And that's what's happening this season. Literally, they're not together. They're not pressing together. They're not moving around the pitch together. It's literally one person in the middle and the other two just flying up the pitch. Whereas what we need is that discipline in midfield. What we need is stick together. At least move around the pitch, the zones together. You know, so you're covering each other with Gegen pressing and all that. There's none of that's happening. It's interesting um, to see how Arthur will actually integrate into that aspect of the play because um, it's 
it's true and it isn't true because um, you do need to have that cover and you need to maintain compactness in your shape at all times. Um, what has been interesting over the last season um, and now the start of this season as well is that we obviously do so much more rotation now um, with the fullbacks and the wingers uh, and then those two eights. And on the right in particular last year, but now also on the left as well to a certain extent. Um, and I think it, as much as discipline, discipline is a good word for it, but another good word for it, I think, would be coordination, um, which is you know making sure that you're coordinating with your teammates so that if you are going forward, because that kind of rotation movement can help with your offensive ability, then you know that because you're coordinating it properly, that there's someone else who's going to be covering in behind you. Um, and, you know, Arthur, being an, an intelligent footballer, as you say, Steve, um, will he be someone who's able to quickly settle in and start coordinating like that? His um, ability to already know some of the players in the squad, maybe that helps in that regard. Um, you can you can see how there's some things there where you look at and think, OK, maybe there's something here where he, he should be able to settle into that system quite quickly. Um, and then, of course, the fact that he's safe and secure on the ball uh, also helps because it means that he will not be giving it away before that coordination is finished. Um, so the the safe pass will happen whilst we're doing the rotation. And then as the rotation hits its marks and everybody's at the points where they're about to find the space, then the ball can get released forward into something aggressive. Um, and having an intelligent technical player means that the timings of those movements will happen, in theory, properly. And I, I think you're right. And one of the things I feel we've missed with Thiago being out and with Navi being sidelined for whatever reason is that um, game state intelligence. So it's not just the intelligence about when you receive the ball, what do you do? It's about the game state full stop. It's speeding up, slowing it down. What do I do? You know, Thiago spends a lot of the time dropping in alongside and behind Fabinho and making sure that spaces are covered. And he's very good at intercepting the ball and he's a very smart player. But without him in the team at the moment, we've got Hendo who, this isn't a Hendo bashing, but sometimes his positional thought process isn't there, right? He doesn't protect his full bats. He doesn't protect the players around him because he either stops running or goes off and does whatever he's doing. Um, Milner just hasn't got the legs to constantly do those things. And Curtis Jones is a wonderful technical player, but his decision-making isn't quite right. And, okay, I've not watched much of... I've not watched much of you, I don't like them as a club, but I did like watching Arthur when he was first at Barca. And he seems like that sort of Javi sort of... (laughs) not in terms of maybe technical skill, but the way he plays the game where he knows that he needs to be ahead or behind the six or whether to join the attack. Or he, he seems to have a good idea of what he should be doing with and without the ball for the game state around him and what the players around him are doing. And that comes with decision-making, intelligence, tactical understanding. And we've all said enough about how our middle really lacks all that. And that's why a lot of us are really excited about Harvey, but don't want to see him overplayed because he's starting to show those things, right? That's why we're excited about Fabio of what he's been doing. It's why we all love um, Fab. Fab's just brilliant at knowing what to do and where to be, but he has been 
hung out to drive by the rest of the midfield this season. So hopefully, again, this is why I'm excited about it. We've got a player who understands what the six does because he plays that role. He understands what the eights do because he can play there. And hopefully his teammates around him, there's enough, you know, Portuguese and Spanish-speaking players around him that hopefully he can settle in quickly and have that, as you said, that communication because he can play in a midfield with at least one, if not two players, who he can chat to. Um, and, yeah, that's why I think he's a smart acquisition. And I hope he succeeds, and I hope he stays long-term, because he's a player I've admired for a while. Arthur's just tweeted that he's very proud to join the club, so that's very nice. Very, very nice to uh, <clears throat> to read. Um Guys, I really appreciate the uh, the chat there. It's it's going to be interesting to see how he settles. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays. It would be such so good to see him if he starts at, at Everton. But I just can't see Klopp doing that. It just isn't Jurgen Klopp to start someone. Right away. You've got to start but, Fabio Everton. <laughs> you got to start Fabio Everton. We have to talk about Fab Carvalho because at the end of the day, he's a player we signed this summer. It feels like a long, long time ago because it was probably three months ago, whatever it was. But we do need to talk about him on this show because he is part of the summer transfer. And this kind of is a, a a summer transfer thing. If there's anybody else who wants to come and have a word to us or talk to us about Fabio Carvalho, please do um, let me know in the chat and we'll we'll get you in. But what what are your thoughts on this guy, uh, lads? Because he's come in, he's waiting. You know, there is an argument that he could have had more minutes already this 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 season it's four games already but jesus whenever he's come on he's made a difference i feel yeah um he definitely has and i love the fact that he almost seems like this um not twin uh kind of like um alter ego of uh elliot where both of them have so many qualities in common with each other. But then there's also small little differences where they can complement each other really well, um, where I think that it seems as though probably Carvalho was more of a goal threat than Elliot. Um, Elliot himself, of course, not bad in that regard, but Carvalho seems to be a, a little bit more of a shot taker, gets in the box a little bit more. Um, but both of them have loads of energy. Both of them are great technical on the turn playing in between the lines, they can both dribble. Um, you know, these are players who are just so good for the kind of technical possession play that we are continuing to grow and grow into as a squad, whilst also still maintaining that classic clop energy and intensity. Um, really the best of both worlds. And, you know, if you've got one Elliot who's a little bit more of a passer, and then you've got Carvalho, a little bit more of a, a shooter, but both of them still very good at the other thing too, then you know you can really put them together and get that great partnership, which should hopefully start to just click more and more and more. Steve, your thoughts? If you're still, if you, are you still with us here? Oh, I thought you'd had enough of me. Um, oh, Fabio's such an exciting player. I work with a couple of Fulham fans. And they really hate us right now. You know, they've, we've taken two of their most gifted teenage, you know, most exciting talents who appear to also be really good friends. And they're coming in and playing really well. Uh, one of them turned around to me and they said, 
they genuinely didn't think he would play for as much this season. And they thought he'd be a player that would maybe go out on loan in January, or they were hoping to keep him around. And, uh, you know, they can't believe how well he's settling in. And I've not spoken to any of them since, you know, the win this week, because I've, I've been off work. But he looks he looks like a really, again, a really smart, quick-thinking, you know, technical, exciting young player. And I hope we don't overplay him. I hope we give him the right space to develop. But I hope we also give him enough minutes that he does actually start to develop. And I I know some some of our fans really want to see him in midfield, but I think he's a really nice balance for for Diaz on the left. Um, like very different players who can do very similar things, you know, cutting inside, being a real playmaker and proving he can be a goal threat. And isn't it great to think we're going to have four or five attacking players who can chip in with goals this year? Yeah, I agree with that. And also, you know, we talked more about the rotation and how um, we we kind of developed in increments where last season we started to develop this thing with Thiago where the uh, the deep sort of double six with the left midfielder dropping deep. And now we're still doing that, but now we're also integrating that with a bit more rotation yeah. so that the left six will go forward more and get in the box and stuff, which Thiago didn't do so much. And you can imagine that if you're looking for a player who can do that, who can rotate out to the wing when needed, who can make runs into the box when needed, but who can also drop deep and play on the turn and dictate play when needed, all three of those parts of the triangle, the player can do it. And would you look at that? Fabio Carvalho, absolutely perfect. You can see the idea in mind when we signed him, when you take it in that context. I'd quite like to see him given a chance to play on the right, whether it's the last ten minutes of a game or in cup games, because sure. he'll give us because he'll give us the opposite to Mo, especially if we're playing Nunes. So if you think the way that Trent now plays is he comes inside a lot more, and maybe if we're playing in midfield where we don't have Harvey who likes to drift out to the right, he's having that playmaking and smart ability. You know, him and him and Mitrovic were so clever together, but maybe him out on the right, on his right foot, putting balls in to, you know, Bobby coming in late like he did the other day into Nunes causing an absolute nuisance. He could be a player that's quite interesting to see where on one on the left he's cutting inside and driving at goal, but on the right he's getting to the byline or doing different things with that ability he's got. So it'd be nice to see if he offers that kind of balance. Um, because sometimes last year, or sometimes in previous seasons, we've seen Mane switch to the right and give us a bit more width, that natural mm. right-sided player with the right foot, as opposed to that the way we like to play inside out. Um, I think Diaz is wasted doing that. Um, I can't really explain why, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Diaz ends up being maybe our second top goal scorer this year. He seems to be really hungry for goals. So I think we want him in the six-yard box as much as possible. But I think Fabio could be exciting doing something a bit different. Because if we play Harvey on the right, he's going to cut inside again. If we play Mo on the right, we're going to cut inside again. If we play um, Diaz on the right, when we have done that, he wants to be in the box. The same with Jota. To me, he feels like the only player who would naturally want to stretch the play and do something different. So, mm. yeah, I think, I think, again, a really smart, exciting young player and again someone who might help Melo, you know, settle because again another Portuguese speaking, English speaking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming across as a very sociable member of the squad. 
And I think that's great for the settling in. Mm-hmm, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's literally a transfer that's worked in every way. Like, he fits the team, fits the ethos, fits the style, and fits the squad. Like, he, he's come in and he's a young lad who's who's got a mate already in Elliot. But then yeah. you can see how he's linking with all the Portuguese speakers. But then also, someone like VVD's already, you know, like, trusting in him and, in, and, and, and spending their time. It's so hilarious that he just... Did you see how he lifted him up when he scored? Like, he lifted up a kid yeah. in the celebration. I mean, he, he, he is a kid, and he's been picked up by a giant. Amazing. Yeah. So, very interesting. Apparently- there is, there's one last thing on Fabio quickly. It's Elliot and Diaz are meant to be best mates, but Elliot doesn't speak Portuguese or Spanish. Now Elliot's other best mate can join that circle and actually translate for them. Mm. Uh, we have a post from Indy, apparently, uh, saying really? that there is an option to buy with the Arthur deal. Well, actually, it's been it's if, it's in the LFC transfer chat here. Mm. Uh, basically, uh, Juventus have confirmed that there's a it's a three point nine million pound loan fee and a thirty two million pound option to buy. Mm. Okay. Bad. Thirty two okay. million pounds isn't that expensive if he's good. Yeah, that could be a cheeky little deal if he's as good as Barca thought he was going to be. Yeah, again, it just reminds me of the um, the Kabak deal where we went to Schalke, loaned with an option to buy, and it was like, if Kabak worked out, we could sign him. If not, we didn't have to. Feels very similar to me. It does. It actually feels like, though, that that's a good deal. A very good deal. Like, if you buy Absolutely. a midfielder for 32 million, I mean, if he costs us, what, he's gonna, he could cost us 36 in total. 36 million in total, and he, if he becomes world class. So he's got this year to prove the move, because that's what I hate about loan deals that don't have an option to buy. The player literally doesn't have anything to prove. He's like, well, I'm going back to Juve anyway. Do you get what I mean? You get nothing out of it, do you? But if there's a, I want this team to buy me, I want this manager to buy me, he literally has a chance now to make this move permanent. That's even more exciting now because you want the player to have hunger. One thing it feels yeah. like is the hunger needs to be there, man. But also, it needs to be there. If he's a smart, you know, he's a smart kid, he'll see that we've got some great young players coming through, and hopefully, we're signing Bellingham and maybe Casado, young players. Right? We've also got a lot of aging players. So if he does well, he's got an opportunity to be one of the more senior midfielders in our squad next year because. Ox will be gone. Hopefully, Milner will be gone. Thiago will be coming towards what is it? His last year of his contract next season. And Hendo, we know he's the captain. I think, you know, John was saying before, maybe that club captain role as opposed to match captain would be more suitable. But he will be one of the more senior players in our midfield if he gets to stay. So that's a, that could be a real driving force for him to prove look how good I am. Look what I can do. I should be here for the next four years. You really want me here? Yeah. Klopp just needs to put his arm around him and say, look, every single time you do a successful counter-press ball win, that's one million added on to my valuation of you. (laughs) Or one more hug, because that should be enough for most human beings. 
Back to be honest, up. as long as as long as he shows the midfield up in terms of keeps the ball and we can get the control that we want when Thiago's there and we get it with another player like him, Jesus Christ, you know, look how good it was last year when we were rotating Cater and uh, Thiago, you know. And yeah. if we've now got that with Arthur and Thiago, but then it's a very similar type of player, control, probably not as, let's say he's probably not got as much sauce because Thiago's the most saucy fucker in the world. Like, literally, you watch him play and you, you'll be off your seat. You know, you he'd probably base, be a bit... put that sauce on, Gags. Need a base. <laughs> put that sauce on. You do need the base. It would be it would be interesting to see if they played in the same team, wouldn't it? Because with Fab, that would be complete control. But I think that there's a there are games where that could work. Those teams that sit back and we have to pick our way through them because there's no room for an eight to go barnstorming in. Maybe having three smart tactically intelligent players who can move the ball. Like Fab made some great passes. Um, was it last night? My brain's gone to pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah last night. The, Fab the made pass into passes. Elliot to, yeah, to exactly. make the goal is from Fab. It's literally so, straight through. It's packing. He's packed through basically like six players. Then to Elliot who goes through another three and then yeah. mows in. You know, or, com- cuts it, back and goal. Or if we're playing City and we just want to counter them, the ball hits any of those three mid- midfield three, and they'll get it to one of our forwards quicker than anybody we've got. And look, all Arthur has to do to be a fan favourite is be better than Milderson. Yeah, and 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 also, Thiago can move to the right, no problem, absolutely Thiago- no problem. I think, I think Thiago with Mo and Trent is a dream for me. He plays much better there. I think it just opens up Mo even more. I, when he did that, when he was playing with Fab and Ginny was playing left in that season when we got third um, in that injury hit season, I, he was so good out there, man. And so oh, I, if that if that option's there, that's fine by me too. I don't oh, mind where, where he plays. Thiago playing on the right is my dream because it just means Harvey Elliott. All he has to do, because there's not dissimilar in height, is... Just copy him. When he's not playing, do what he does as best as you can. Yeah. And he will turn into an absolute worldie because he has got a phenomenal person to learn from. And it yeah. doesn't matter what, what you do in the world, whatever your job is, if you have somebody who's better than you, with more experience than you, who wants to teach you, you will be very good at what you do. Completely agree. It's that, it's that having that elder statesman there. And I think, to be honest, Elliot's performances have been superb anyway this season. And the control on the ball yesterday, Joe Linton literally smashed through everyone yesterday apart from Harvey Elliott, which is crazy because he was double his size. And Elliot just seemed to like just sneak away from him each time, (laughs) which was so cool to watch. But then when Mo and Bobby are running into Joe Linton, he's literally just walking with the ball. He's walking off. He's taking the ball off him and walking out the bar, out of the, out of the, um, out of his own box. Or at least clearing it. I was like, bloody hell, Joe Linton, stop it, you bastard. And, and, and wouldn't it, would it be wonderful if Arthur gives the club the opportunity to spend two years turning Elliot into Thiago, or Elliot's equivalent of that level of player, right? Because we don't want to overplay him, he's young, but we want him to play as much as possible because he's very, very good. He's very fucking good at football. But he's got a mate who's over 10 years older than him who's even better at football. So go and learn from him. 
Absolutely. So we are. Is there anybody else that wants to come and have their say? Um, we're at ten thirty now. We're only thirty minutes away from close. I think if there's nobody, we might close the call. But um, is there anyone? I think Dell wanted to say something. This will be comedy. Dell, do you want me to unmute you? Do you wish to say something? Dell, boy. Oh, he's speechless now. Okay. That's we're um. We're 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 fine, Del. If you don't want to speak, we, we, you've actually saved our ears. Thank you. Um, anybody else that wants to say anything or has any points, come on then, Lisa. Let's see. There you are. Here I am. Can you hear me? Okay. We can hear you fine. I just want to say that it looks as though I have survived my first transfer window involved in the Discord chat. <laughs> Just about. It's the wild west in there. It is the wild west. It's, it's still going. Like I just popped into there. It's like literally just going, and I've got a two-minute slow mode, and it's still going. Like people still just watch, and oh man, just just crazy. It's uh, you know I, what? I have spent many a day, especially in the last couple of weeks. You know, I'll when I wake up in the morning. I'll just scroll back through like three hours worth of stuff to to figure out what what is perhaps going on. So anyway, it's it's just been funny that sometimes I I'll start reading through it and I'm like I I need coffee before I can even deal with this. I I can't. I just can't. It's it's too early in the morning. So anyway, but it's been amusing. I think you know the key to that is is knowing when to to step out and put it down. <laughs> But no, no, I mean, I'm glad to see that we've got um, Arthur in and, you know, fingers crossed that something else can can come over the line. We learned yesterday, it's not over till it's over, right? Well, there's another update now from what we put in on Saicedo and it looks like um, Brighton set a crazy price for Moises' Saicedo and this would prevent him from reaching Liverpool. So that's at 10, that's... 20, well, it was about 15 minutes ago that was. So maybe that's that. We'll see. But um, that's all I really think? had. I just am proud of myself for surviving a transfer. Yeah, and, and, and if you're a subscriber and you're listening, you're not in Discord. You need to be. Out. Absolutely, you're missing out. The fight. Uh, oh my God, there is there is a lot of fighting, especially transfer time and match time. There's there's a lot of debate, absolute debate, and there's always two sides to the coin. And there's and then when we're all absolute... done, Gags comes in and tells us all to kiss and make up, and we all do. <laughs> <laughs> or tells us to move it to the appropriate um, chat. Yeah. So the so the beautiful thing about Discord is it is a dita- dictatorship. <laughs> it's not Twitter. You don't get your own way, and you do if you are rude. You are told you're rude. And you kiss and make up, and that's what you do. So there are rules, and um, that's the beauty. It's a community. The point is, we try to take everybody's opinions. We try to debate them. We try to, um, you know, uh, put informed opinions across and, and try to dissect stuff that we see or hear on Twitter, anywhere else, and really try to make the community a bit more informed. And that's that's the aim always. And that's the end. sometimes there's a bit of fun. It is. It is fun. You know, it is something. And I've I've said this a few times in Discord that, you know, I was a little intimidated by it um, at first. But 
you know, once I kind of jumped in and, and started participating, it's, it's, it's been something I enjoy. It's, it's been fun, you know, so I highly recommend. Thank you. What about yourself, Steve and, um, and Richard? Last few words on Discord before we well, go. you haven't kicked me out for my constant shitposting and making the <laughs> most horrendous puns and jokes of all time. So uh, I think that if you're willing to tolerate me being like that, then it must be a great place. <laughs> oh, it, is, it is a lot of fun, but I have found the last three years that the week before transfer deadline day, I have to literally take a break from that channel until deadline day because it just gets a bit too intense and angry for me. I am so glad that uh, Discord lets you block people you don't want to hear from, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, I spend far too much time to people in there, uh, and it's one of the things that makes the AI community such a fun thing because it used to be Twitter, right? We used to all chat on Twitter far too much. I spent far too much of my life debating that we should buy Robbo with you know Dave Hendrick years ago. Um it's much more fun doing it in a closed environment where you can't get some knobhead interjecting in your conversation who supports another team. You just get, you know, more knobheads like us who all support the same team. So at least <laughs> We're all knobheads who support the same team. Exactly. It's a lot of fun and I really like all the different opinions and I really like the fact that Discord lets us have the live shows and that Nina, for example, has got some great regulars because of Discord, and many of these people have polar opposite views to football than me. I take Trev's approach. I still think we can win five trophies until we can't. That's just how I go into every season. Until it's impossible to win it all, I think we're winning it all. But I love all the conversations with the people who are less optimistic. Maybe it's because they didn't live through Roy Evans and Graham Sooners and Hodgson. So I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad so many people are getting into it. And I want as many of our fans as possible to get stuck into Discord. With so if you're not, I'm gone. So if, if you're only in here for today, fucking sign up and stay around. It's worth it. Would you say, Steve, um, about that uh, last week of the transfer window in that chat? That what you're really saying is that you're so glad that you can mute that thread. You're so glad. You don't have to hear all that's said. <laughs> Get out, man. Oh, dear. This is what you get if you join the Discord, me doing this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. We do need to ban you, Richard. We do. Are you uh, trying you to know. get them to join, or are you trying to run them off? I know. What the fuck? <laughs> they'll think that they're running off, and then they'll go, well, it was quite funny, though. <laughs> No, no, that was actually very brilliant for on the spot. Um, and yeah, uh, Richard does do this type of stuff all the time. So <laughs> yeah, we need to. I mean, yeah, somebody just put in the OG Discord. It was the Facebook group. Um, we, we, it's, 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 it was hilarious. We had a WhatsApp group first, then we had a Facebook group, and then someone said to me, "I don't know who it was. I don't know, Steve. I don't know if it was you. It was somebody that said, why 'Why don't you try Discord?'" And so we tried Discord. And literally, here we are. It's, it's, I think my expectations weren't anywhere near what it's become. Uh, and also the amount of people we've met. And the best part of it was that Anfield Index 
and the people that run it, the people that contribute on it, got to speak and get to make acquaintance with those people that are paying to to listen to it and that are keeping the lights on for it. So we actually get to have a relationship with our customers and they become our friends and they become compadres and they become part of the community and you know we we talk all the time literally we've got mental health groups we've got tech groups we've got television groups everybody's talking about different things and sharing and that's the beauty of community and that's what discord has brought so and i just think uh, and it's all liverpool fans and we sometimes get dickheads come in from from um, other supporters and it's so beautiful to kick them out and swear at them and they kick them out <laughs> i love doing that but now I you just... all should be proud of what you've built because it is a very unique thing yeah and it's a yeah. way from twitter where some of you will post on twitter and not get engagement or not speak but here that's what the slow mode is for and i think people get frustrated but the slow mode is for everybody's view is visible Right. That's so if it's a busy chat, there's a slow mode because everyone gets to read what you said. And that's not necessarily the case on social media. But in Discord, that will happen. You will have a voice. People will respond, especially if it's a hot take, you know, and that's funny. And some people do try to troll, you know, the king of trolls, Luba, who probably listen to this. You know, that's what it would what that's what happens. He gets the most engagement, you know, so it. That's the thing is here people will what my view my point is when I try and control chats is so people can read what people are saying. It's not about oh you know and also if there's a control people people think about what they're gonna say because they know they can't post for two minutes. <laughs> so they <laughs> a message rather than the first fucking bullshit thing that comes in their head in anger. Yep. So there are multiple things about it, you know, psychologically and from a user, you know, experience, yeah. that's the, but people don't understand that. They think it's just control. But that's can I, not... can I say one more thing as well, Gags? Mm. How exciting was it last, well, last season when all of the final tickets were coming through? And as a community, everybody and anybody who could buy a ticket was buying a ticket knowing that if they could, somebody would help them get to the match find a bed if they couldn't get there that you could safely and comfortably give your ticket to another member of the community who wasn't going to screw you over who wasn't going to mess you around and it felt like whether or not you got to those finals it felt you were part of a team of people trying to get as many of the ai community to those finals i was so gutted not to go but i felt so pleased that I yeah, help. mate. You yeah. made someone's life. You know, you made you 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 gave us a couple of tickets, and those people were indebted. You won't believe how indebted. Yeah, we lost the final, but they were the point where they found, you know, they found that that you, you were you were giving those over to them from UEFA those UEFA tickets. It was unbelievable. But it wasn't so, just me, right? There were so many people. There were so it. many. There were, there so were many. people saying, "If you can get a train ticket, we'll find you a bed." There were people yeah. going. If you can find a bed, someone might have a car. We, we, everybody was trying to help. Yeah, everybody. we set up, Steve Steve Peter set up safe places, you know, uh, booked a bar. You know, uh, Cal's just talking there. We even helped uh, Mo get tickets. Uh, no, it wasn't Mo, it was someone else get tickets right on the last day. 
on the day of the final we were helping people. Uh, it was it, it, and and the great thing was we met with people from Discord out there. We had yeah. dinner together. We 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 met before the match. We literally organized stuff so we were together. So it was it was superb. It was superb, and that's what that brings. But that's what I mean. It feels like a safe, supportive community that people want to be actively part of. Whether you're passive or you talk a lot in the rooms, you you can still feel like you're part of this community. You still feel like if you were in the same city as anybody, you could message me, hey, I'm around. Does anyone want to go watch the match or grab a coffee or a beer? And somebody would reply to you who lived in that city. Like it's such a nice group of Liverpool fans. Even though we don't agree with each other quite a lot, everyone kind of ties together. And I think you've created something really, really special in that respect, Gags. Yeah. I think Anfield Index has created something special. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a community and, and everybody plays a part. It's not just me, it's all of you. So you should all be proud of it. And I think people that are listening now are probably going to get bored because they're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about at the end? <laughs> but um, I think, I think what we're trying to say is if you're not part of the Discord and you're not a subscriber, obviously the subscriber parts are the best bits. So there's free areas as well in Discord and we'll be busy in there on match days. But outside of match days, especially transfer windows or the, the busy parts are in the, the VIP areas and those are just unbelievable, you know, crazy. Um, the engagement's mad. Uh, it's still mad right now if I go and have a look. It's still going, you know, and it's probably going to still go for 20 minutes. But... The- and then that'll come to an end I hope and we don't have to keep an eye on it so much I think we'll all be glad for the break from from that transfer chat and focus on the football but I hope you enjoyed this show folks we have you know I mean how long have we been going now Jesus this feels like a very long show more than an hour and a half I think easily easily more than an hour and a half so I just want to say thank you to everybody that was on the show. Thanks, Richard, for taking an evening out here and um, sharing your thoughts on the players that we've gone for or we are, or we look like we were going for. And people we've signed as well. Thank you for the fine conversation. No, no problem at all. It was good. And also, uh, thank you to everybody that's contributed to the, to the call-in as well. Really appreciate it. Like I said, without you guys... We wouldn't be able to do this. We will have more content on Arthur and other things uh, coming in the next few days. Please do bear with us. We've had a few issues with guests this week, which has been a bit of a nightmare today. But we will get there. Uh, Let's see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, A couple of wins um, will really, really get us going, I think, with, with the way that other teams are playing each other. So it's not so bad. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Everything sorts itself out. And um, yeah, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.